Hi, I'm Liz from Liz Gets Loaded. That's the money kind of loaded, but this is the show where I sit in my closet, drink wine, and talk about money and anxiety. I have both. Hello. Hi. Okay. So I posted something on Instagram about a week and a half ago and I was like, today has been an emotional day and my budget is about to change. And um, today I'm going to tell you more about that. I posted a question box on that day and I was like, what do you think it is? And the guesses were like, like they fell into two buckets. So the first bucket was job related. Like one of you two got laid off. One of you two got a raise, promotion, going part-time, retiring, like anything that can happen with a job basically. And then the other box was funnier. Like, uh oh, you fell in love with a new house because this house we way overspent. Not spent beyond what we could afford, but way spent beyond what I wanted to spend on a house because I just saw a house and fell in love with it. So guesses like you fell in love with another house (laughs) or you're adopting more dogs or having a baby. One person put buying a horse, which that was my favorite guess. And like, do you have more bats in your house? If you're a new listener, I had a lot of drama last year. As it turns out, having bats in your house is extremely expensive. So anyways... I'm going to tell you three things. One, what's happening. Two, what it means financially. And then three, what it means emotionally in my household. So what's happening? You probably know that we are DINKS. That stands for dual income, no kids, D-I-N-K. And it's definitely playing the game on easy mode in life financially, especially because we both work in tech and we're both elder millennials. So we're kind of nearing the peak earning years, prime earning years. And we both passed like the 100K threshold some years back. So the D in my dink, my player two, my partner in crime, love of my life, has been working at a tech company, one that you've heard of, one you probably use today or this week, and has been there for a little more than a year and has been just miserable pretty much the entire time. It's caused health issues, like pretty seriously, actually. We were in kind of a vortex this past spring, like is the anxiety and depression making these other physical health issues worse? Or is it that the physical health issues are making the work-related anxiety and depression worse? We'll never know, but like it was pretty bad and it got better, but we've still been having like the health things got better. I don't know if the job stuff ever really got better, but we have been having some serious conversations, especially the past few months, like the money's pretty good. The perks are really good. But at what point do you just have to say, this isn't good for me and I need to walk away from this. And then that means looking for another job, which is already just overwhelming and hard. So latest update is there have been, there's been a lot of layoffs and multiple reorgs in like different parts of the business this year. So there was an opportunity last week to take a voluntary three-month severance instead of 
like waiting around <laughs> to either end up losing your job maybe or quitting anyways because it has not been a happy place to be. So that is what's happening. We are going down to a one income household temporarily. It's the middle of December, so it's kind of the worst time to start looking for a new job, but maybe a good time to spend a couple weeks just reflecting, getting ducks in a row, updating the resume, etc. to really get started on that in a more earnest way, I guess, in January. So that's what's happening. I say we because like obviously it was a household decision. It was like something we worked through together and looked at the budget together and it affects our household. So yeah, that's where we are. One income household decided to take the three months of severance. Okay. So let me transition. Like my, I wanted to talk about this in three buckets. So that's what's happening. And then I want to tell you what that means for us financially. And then I want to tell you what that means for us emotionally. (laughs) We'll see what it means for me because this is my podcast, but okay. So financially, the good news is that from a cash flow perspective, there's actually very little impact. So I mentioned all of those really bad health issues from this spring that actually ended up leading to a three-month medical leave of absence. And the nice thing is that the company actually paid 100% of salary for the whole leave, which I know is like really wild and super lucky. Most companies I know don't do that. But because it was like disability pay, they didn't take out 401k contributions. They didn't take out HSA. So at the end of that leave, like the company offers not just 401k and an HSA, but also the mega backdoor Roth IRA. So we were trying to put in 401k max, HSA max, and this like extra 30k to max out the mega backdoor Roth too. So basically we had to jack up those contributions for the rest of the year, like starting in June. And then the other thing is that a big part of the compensation at this company is RSUs. So that's stock that vests every month and just goes straight into a taxable brokerage. So it's great having a couple thousand dollars in stock vest every month, but it doesn't feel like that money is coming in. It just goes straight into a taxable brokerage account. So I think what what I'm trying to get at is once you took out those like trying to catch up contributions for 401k, HSA, and the mega backdoor and the stock that never really felt like real money anyways, the actual deposits into our bank account were like $300 per check for the last six months. So cutting $600 out of the budget is luckily not that hard. We've been really used to living on just my income. I mean, obviously it's a bummer to lose all that momentum on investing and like all that money, but it's also completely fine. It's probably temporary. I don't know how long the job search will take, but even if it took a couple months, even if it took six months, like it's fine. And we'll actually, we'll get that check for three months of severance, which again, won't have any 401k, HSA, et cetera, taken out of it. So that'll be like a good bump to our cash savings. The downside to that severance piece is that a job like this, like your bonus and the stock comp are a big part of the total compensation. They were like more than a third of the total compensation. And the severance is only based on base salary. So it's not really like three months of full pay, but I mean, whatever. And having a nice little cash influx 
obviously also gets taxed. And usually severance pay, I think, gets withheld at the supplemental rate, so a higher rate. So, I mean, we'd be fine without the severance payment, but I'm just going to put that straight into our emergency fund. I was actually thinking about using it to pay off the rest of the car, just again, from a cash flow perspective, so that we can go into 2024 without a car payment or that debt. But I don't know. I haven't made up my mind yet. Okay. And then my last bucket, I don't always make notes when I make a podcast, but this one I did because I just didn't want to ramble, but I did want to talk about like what's happening, what it means for us financially. And then lastly, what it means emotionally. So it was a pretty emotional week making that decision, but I've been kind of surprised by how calm everything has felt. Like it was, it was just clearly the right call. So I am kind of mourning some of the perks. Like I was on that company's health insurance plan. (laughs) The free therapy was really good. Their health insurance was very good. My health insurance is also very good. So it's, it's not a huge downgrade, but there were definitely some perks that I liked. And I think there's also an emotional component to feeling like, I think we all want to feel like we're top talent at our job and not having someone be like, oh no, like we really want you to stay. (laughs) You're so crucial. You know, there's some ego involved there, right? I think one of the biggest things I'm feeling is I kind of explained how the cash flow was and how we'd been living kind of artificially on one income for the most part anyways. That definitely makes things feel easier. And, And we've actually been here before. So we lived on my income only for about six months. That was a long time. That was like many, several years ago. That was actually before, probably about right before I really got heavily into investing because it was a temporary thing. We knew it was going to be six months. And I was like, oh, no worries. I'll just stop contributing to my 401k and add an extra couple hundred bucks to every paycheck, which now I regret, even though it's totally fine. But I think even just knowing that we did it before temporarily kind of makes me think, oh, okay, well, like we did that before and we can do it again. And really, if I'm being really honest, I don't know. I want to be really honest. That week was like really hard and I was nervous and kind of up and down and like, okay, I know intellectually that this is fine, but it's still just, it felt scary. But now, honestly, one of the biggest things I feel is pride. Like, I'm like, wow, we have made some great choices that set us up for this to be completely fine financially. And also we've had good luck. Like we made good choices, plus having a lot of good luck in our lives and good luck in our careers. That's put us in a good spot. And and actually, if you've been following along on Instagram, I posted about booking a vacation that I think is going to run about $5,000 total. And, and that was actually after I already knew that we were going down to a one income household for a while. But I was like, we're both stressed. It's been a tough year. It's been, like I talked about, these health issues have been tough. Obviously, we had a lot of stuff happen with our dog. That was really hard. Um, I've talked about a good friend of mine has stage three cancer. And look, I mean, there are people who have had much harder years than I have, but it's been, it's been like a stressful, I will totally acknowledge that my life in general is pretty easy and it has been a harder year than usual. Certainly not as hard as, as many, many other people deal with every day. But so that's why I was like, we just got to, we, I, a beach vacation sounds great. And I felt really proud of the fact that I could be like, Hey, we're going down to a one income household and I'm still going to go book a $5,000 vacation because like we're in that good of a spot. I felt good. And I feel a little uncomfortable saying that, like it's going to come out as bragging, but that's the truth. And then, so if anything, (laughs) 
I would say the other, you know, some of the other emotional pieces do this is it's like, you know, I was bummed that we have to cut back on investing, but also kind of forced me to look at the math and be like, well, why are you so obsessed with investing? Like you actually have enough saved for retirement. We could retire in a very lean lifestyle today or what we have invested should theoretically grow to be sort of enough to retire on a not lean lifestyle, like a regular for us lifestyle in maybe six or seven years. And then I was like, maybe I'll quit my job. And like, we can retire to Mexico or like we can both look for lower stress jobs and just cover our living expenses and let our investments grow without contributing any more at all, which I'm not going to do that. But the thought, I will say the thought crossed my mind. You all know, I think about retirement and early retirement all the time, but then I think I'm like, wait, but I really like my job. So why wouldn't I keep doing something that I like that I get paid well to do? That would be That'd be silly. So, so those were some thoughts going through my mind. And then I think the last thing, it's funny because I was like, okay, let's book this vacation. Maybe I'll use the severance payout to like pay off the rest of the car loan, which I haven't paid off yet. If you've been following along, I think it's like two thirds paid off and I got to sell this old car and I got to get the title. And it's like, I'm in this paperwork and not enough time situation. But anyways, I wanted to get it paid off either way before the end of the year, just because I didn't want it like on the books in 2024, even though it doesn't matter, but anyways. So I'm like feeling all this confidence and pride and like, yeah, everything's fine. But then there is still, I've just been having these moments where my reflex on some things is to just try to save money. Like I was kind of actually wanting to make December a shop the pantry month anyways. Like, okay, let's spend not that much money on groceries and just use up what we have. And I was thinking that beforehand, but now I'm like, oh, like let's eat all that spaghetti in the pantry. And then we just booked this vacation, but I was like, Liz, you literally do not need a new swimsuit. Like you do not need a new pair of sunglasses. You don't need a new swim cover up to go. Like everything you have is fine. And I posted, like I posted on Instagram stories, a couple links, just like Amazon affiliate links to stuff. And I looked and I made like $7 this week. And I was like, yes. And I was like, I should post more Amazon affiliates links while we're a one income. And I'm like, the math does not make sense. And it's so interesting. I've talked about this a lot. The psychology of money is so interesting because you'll be pulled to make these really small decisions. Like I had to ship something the other day and the shipping was like $15 and it'll be there in a week or like $40 and it would get there a lot sooner. And I actually wanted it to get there sooner, but I was like, I don't want to spend that $20. (laughs) Especially, I was like, especially on one income. And even though that $20 is not really going to move the needle meaningfully, but I've been noticing some things dancing around in my head like that, like just some reflex frugality, I guess. I will be curious. I will keep you posted as I always do. And I'll let you know when we go back to being a two income household. I will be very excited about that. I'll be excited about that for a couple of reasons. It'll be good news. It'll be, you know, I love just like any reason to go in and tinker around with the budget. I'll be excited to tell you. I'll be excited to be investing more again. I'm still going to keep like my 401k contributions the same. We'll still do the HSA. I still have a little small weekly transfer into our taxable brokerage. So I'm planning on leaving all of that as it is. And we'll just see. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I promise 
comes that I'll tell you when it does. So I think that's, I think that's everything I wanted to cover. If you have thoughts, I mean, with any episode ever, I love getting a DM like, Hey, I listened and I agree, or I don't agree or whatever it is, or I've been there or I haven't been there or thanks for sharing or anything. I would love, I always love those. And especially on episodes that feel more personal. And if you like the episode, if you like the show, you can leave a review. If you're binging, if you're catching up, all of the really old episodes are behind a subscription on Spotify. I think it's like $5 a month. And I would probably just expect you to pay for one month and then listen to all the old episodes and then cancel. They're pretty short. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I got. I'll keep you posted. Thank you as always for listening, for being a sympathetic ear, for relating, for just being there. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. 